Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, good people of podcast land. Thanks for joining us here at We Watched a Thing. How are you, Billy? I'm not too bad. How are you doing, Toph? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I'm a little hungry. <laughs> we are recording at dinner time. Always dangerous. <laughs> when, when did you last eat, mate? Lunchtime. That's a long time ago now. So long ago. <laughs> See, I just got out of the movies, and because it's like half price day, I saw this in the fancy cinema, so I got myself some uh, chicken tenders. Oh, yeah? That's the first thing I've eaten all day, because I worked through lunch and stuff, so it was- Great. Yeah, it was a bit touch and go. <laughs> Yeah. So if we come off as really grumpy today, it's it's the fault of hunger. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. No. So you've just walked out of the movie, and you like you've just walked out of this movie that I we're talking of. Just walked yes. out of this movie. The movie being Ant Man and the Wasp. That's right. And so you've got like it, it might shock people to hear that we make notes before we record. <laughs> yeah. But you have none. Might not seem like it, but we usually do. But yeah, tonight I am flying blind, my friend. I've just had a little nip of alcoholic creaming soda, so (laughs) got a little bit of the Dutch courage, and I'm just going to fly blind, my friend. Stuff's getting loose. (laughs) All right, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Tell tell me about it, Billy. Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp is... See, usually when I make my notes, I actually even format this stuff nicely, but I'm just reading this straight from Wikipedia, so it's going to take me a little while to get my head around this. Hang on, so Ant-Man and the Wasp, now this is going to be, hang on, wait. This is this is just audio gold. <laughs> Let me format this. Ant-Man and the Wasp, directed by Peyton Reed and written by the writing teams of Chris McKenna and Eric Summers and Paul Rudd, Andrew Barra and Gabriel Ferrari. Stars Rudd and Evangeline Lilly, alongside Michael Penner, Walton Goggins, Bobby Cannavale, Judy Greer, Michelle Fire. For Lawrence Fishburne and Michael Douglas. Tell us what it's about. Not much. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm I'm honest. Should we get this out of the way? How did you like the movie? Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's a huge drop from the last couple of Marvel films. I feel like phase two was weak. Phase three has kind of gone up in steps a lot, but this is kind of back down to that very mediocre level. It does feature, and I knew this going in, a genuine act of heroism, this film. They've rescued Lawrence Fishburne from the DCEU. (laughs) (laughs) That was good of them. Good on them. (laughs) If you haven't seen Ant-Man, the the first film, which my girlfriend hadn't when we went and saw it. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter, because in the first 90 seconds of the film is just, what's his name, Hank? He just does (laughs) Ant-Man. It's like, oh, good, and we're caught up. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much, yeah. (laughs) It's like they might as well have said, previously in the MCU. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we do, and we get our our young Michael Douglas. In the first 90 seconds, which I bet Catherine Zeta-Jones is just wishing they could do permanently. Yeah, well, like, he looks exactly like Kirk Douglas. Why isn't there another- isn't, isn't there another one now? Is is there a Michael Douglas younger virgin? Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Blame the hunger. Is there a younger Michael Douglas that we can just plug into this film and just skip the whole CGI <laughs> face? I'm sure there would be. Surely there'd be someone who looks close I, enough. I think the Douglases have missed a trick there. I mean, what, what did they do like 10 years ago before they could CGI a face? They just cast someone who looks similar. Yeah. Yeah, just do that. <laughs> and I, Okay, I couldn't remember because I, I've, I saw Ant-Man once. Yeah, no, same. I'd forgotten the entire film as it turns out. And so I couldn't remember for the life of me whether Michelle Pfeiffer was in Ant-Man or not. I was like, did I forget that Michelle Pfeiffer was was Evangeline Lilly's mum or Yeah. Have you done your research to find out if she was in it? She was not in it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think she was. So it wasn't just me being forgetful, which is normally the case. 
We yeah, we got introduced to her in that opening in that storytelling first 90 seconds. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Previously on the MCU, <laughs> I have a question, and I don't know if it's just because it's been so long since I've seen the first Ant Man. You know how you were wondering about whether Michelle Pfeiffer was in that or not. Yeah. I don't remember. Did we know that Scott had a daughter? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's a whole the whole yeah. In in the first one is very much leaning on that tried and tested slash plain tired. I'm just a crook trying to make things right, go straight and get my kid back. Like yeah, so- that, that was very much a thing in the first one. Okay, so why is he Ant-Man? I don't remember. <laughs> like, <laughs> because this whole movie I'm sitting here going, you have nothing. <laughs> like, why have you been chosen to wear this suit? So he and Michael Penner broke into Hank's house in the first one. They did? Yeah. Okay. I remember that much. Some other stuff happened. There was a suit. <laughs> Because he, he went like, small, he went big. He he is just a nothing guy. He's not very interesting. He's not a scientist like the rest of them. He offers them no scientific skills. He's literally just a dude. Yeah, if you're presented- and not even like a rich dude like Batman. If you're presented with Ant Man and the Wasp, you're like Ant Man. You are so heavily on the coattails of the Wasp. Yeah, <laughs> it's I feel not like funny. I feel like it should be Wasp and Ant Man because. She the bomb, and he's just nothing. Yeah. Wasp and her criminal ex-boyfriend, <laughs> who for some reason, we can't remember why, has this suit that Hank used to use. Yeah. Because, I, I, I don't know, I was just sitting there going- I don't no even way. remember why Hank isn't using it anymore. <laughs> no, because he's old. Does it just remind him like of Because he's like 111. His... Possibly. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones was like, no, mate, you hurt your hips. And he was like, but it's Hollywood. I'm allowed to do this stuff until I'm 90. And in fact, I'll have to divorce you and marry someone 20 years younger than you. That's true at some point. <laughs> so, the oh, yeah, but, but speaking of his, you know, did he have a daughter and stuff, the whole family dynamic thing, that works for me in this movie. Yeah, I enjoy Kitty. Um, what's her name again? Judy Greer. I enjoy Judy Greer. And I liked, actually, uh, her husband as well. He, he was probably the funniest part of the movie for me. Yeah, he worked well, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about Louise? I remember in the first film, him being like the big breakout that like everybody was in love with and thought was hysterical. He didn't really do it for me this time round. No. I felt that- like there was a lot of retreading with him trying to get that humor back. Yeah. And there was that one scene where they did the retelling, you know, when you do the story through his- Yeah. Which worked- re- Actually, that's something I remember about Ant-Man. That yeah. Worked, that's like that the one well that. part of the first one I remember. And in this, it just I just felt like they were just trying to cash in on being funny again. Yeah, that's reasonable. And because the, like that happens a fair way into the film- Yeah, it does. It doesn't feel a natural part of the film's narrative at that point- and it's like, oh, yeah, you're doing this thing again. Yeah, he felt like almost a different character from the first one from my vague memories yeah. of it. Until uh, the other point. sidekick, the other two security oh, they, can oh, just get squashed by something, worse. to be honest. They were so bad. Giant man should just accidentally tread on them. <laughs> or maybe purposefully tread on them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe giant wasp in the next one could just Yeah. Y'all are irrits. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the plot of this film is thin- and we might say. Yeah, and yet there is simultaneously a hell of a lot going on, even though there's a lot of nothing going on. There's kind of like your two different baddies. You got Walton McFivehead, and then you got Ghost Girl. And there's kind of just so much happening on the screen, and yet absolutely nothing is happening. Like we've said before, like the, the MCU films are, are really episodic. This is this is not news to anybody. Yes. But this film in particular to me feels like it, this film could be- an episode of a TV show. 
Absolutely, it could. Yeah, absolutely. And they completely, until the post credit scene, they do away with all mention of Infinity War. Which I'm fine with. I don't mind them bottling a film. For- I'm, I'm totally fine with that, except that, and maybe this is just like, maybe I'm being petty here. But at the start, after we get those 90 seconds previously on the MCU, we do get a little title card that says present day. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. Ah, <laughs> like, yeah, good call. Why? Why? It's it's clearly not present day. This is we're talking at least what three months ago. <laughs> I know that's probably petty of me, but don't put up that card. <laughs> just just let us figure out in our head when it happens. You don't need notes. You're all over this. <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Made forty episodes deep now. <laughs> not a lot more to talk about plot wise because not a lot more to talk about plot wise. Yeah. Can I just, one one of the you know the the, I don't know, the things in in Ant Man films the the shrinking and the beginning. If you make Giant Man or whatever, does he have a special name when he goes big? Yeah, it's weird to think of him as still Ant Man when he's sixty foot tall. Because he he does it in every film, so it it's no long. There's nothing special about him becoming yeah. a giant if you do it every time this character is in a film. Even in Civil War, where he pops up for not very long, yeah, he becomes Giant Man. Yeah. That's so I'm, true. Like, I'm like, the whole giant man thing, I'm just like, eh. I also think they are by far the worst looking visuals in the Ant-Man films are when he goes big. Like, when he's switching between small and regular, it's quite effective. And when he's tiny, they do do some interesting camera work there. They do do a lot of tilt shift, which makes it look very macro, which is quite cool and effective. When he goes big, like when he was in the water there and he was talking to the people on the dock in San Francisco, it just looked like they were standing in front of a theater screen with a projection of him on it. It just doesn't really base itself in reality when he goes big. So next time around, I suppose the wasp will have to go big. Change that shit up a bit. (laughs) I'd be all right with a 60-foot Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, I know you would Just be. more Evangeline Lilly to love. <laughs> <laughs> so going the other way in The Shrinkening, I do like the design of the quantum verse or whatever, the quantum, put quantum in front of a lot of things in this. They even make a joke <laughs> about it in the film. It. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of quantuming and yeah, I'm, I'm reasonably into the quantum verse, I that was a pretty good bit of design, that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. In fact, I feel like I would have preferred this movie if more of it took place in the quantum verse. Adventures in Quantum Land. Yeah, if we had a lot less of Walton Fivehead chasing them, and if, like, say, if at the start of the movie they all go in and they get stuck in the quantum verse, and almost the entire movie took place in there as they try to find Michelle Pfeiffer, that would have been yeah, I stronger th- to me. I, yeah, you, as you saying that makes me already think there's a better story in there yeah. than what we got. Yeah, because so much of what we got is just chasing. And it's all it's all about the lab. The lab is the giant MacGuffin in this film. And you've just got Ghost Girl chasing the lab and Walton Goggins chasing the lab and, and Ant-Man and the Wasp chasing the lab. And you've got very little actual action. There's just a lot of looking for the lab. Mm. And the action actually is quite good. Yeah. A lot of the fights, the, like the choreograph and incorporating the- powers of the suits yes into the choreographing of fights in this film is actually really quite good it is i do really like the way that they continuously switch between small and then regrowing to regular size because that's really where the force comes from when they're fighting that you know like when, when you're just small it's not like you can kick someone in the face and knock them down so i do like the way they incorporate that and when wasp was fighting the ghost as well and you know she was avoiding ghosts kind of techniques i guess <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed the choreography of those scenes. Yeah, yeah, I'll tick off on that for sure. So, I mean, Ant-Man, the first one, was meant to be a bit more lighthearted, a bit funnier than, say, Thor, The Dark World. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like and that was kind of was that a that was just before Guardians of the Galaxy. That that sounds right. Yeah, it was around that time anyway when they started going. Okay, let's be like really fun, you know, like casting Paul Rudd for a start, who is you know famously famously agreeable. Actor. Yeah, and I love Paul. Like, who wouldn't love Paul Rudd? If you don't love Paul Rudd. Get Stop out. Listening. We don't want you. <laughs> we love Mike. <laughs> What's his name in Clueless? Oh, Jesus. Now you're taking me back. Um, That's probably a movie we need to rewatch. I watched it not. I, I watch Clueless reasonably regularly because it's fantastic. So and when, Paul when, Rudd is fantastic. When I see Paul Rudd, I just think Mike Crap Bag. Because <laughs> if it's hard to remember, you just think of a bag of crap. <laughs> What's Mike Crap Bag? You're not a Friends fan? <laughs> when I don't fi- remember. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as. A deep dive into okay. friends like you. So Phoebe, who is his partner, decides to legally change her name to Consuela Banana Havoc. So he decides to go and change his name to Crap Bag just to show her how ridiculous it is to change your name. <laughs> just fun little just I've got no notes, mate. I'm really angry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got hang on, I've got some salami here. Is that your emu salami? There you go, mate. No, no, that's just regular. That's made from a pig. Alright, so we, we you know, we're like Paul Rudd, he's funny and Yeah. There are, there's genuine laughs in this film. Yeah, there's a few genuine laughs. I love Evangeline Lilly as well. It's hard not to enjoy her. Hannah, Hannah John Kamen, who plays Ghost, who we saw in Ready Player One not too long ago as the one of the other kind of executive types yep. hanging around Ben Mendelsohn. I liked. I thought she was good. Yeah, see, I wasn't a fan of her, but maybe that's just because I didn't really care about the whole Ghost storyline. Tell you what I didn't like is the visuals of Ghost herself doing her kind of ghostiness. Yeah. That kind of just doubling up mirror image type thing that they had going on where like one was a little bit delayed. Matrix Revolution style. Yeah, I just did not care for the look of that. How did you feel about it? I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, like as soon as I saw the trailers for this film, I was thinking about that albino fella from the Matrix sequels. Yeah. And that's, you know, we, what, we're going back 15 years there, are we? And it's not like this yeah, is- Yeah, well, the first Matrix was 99, so yeah. nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I can't remember when uh, Reloaded came out, but 15 years ago-ish. Yeah. And it's not like this, you know, we haven't we haven't stepped forward hugely, have we? Yeah. But I, I didn't hate it. I was just- It served its purpose, and I was, like, okay with it. Yeah. There's a, there's a fair bit about this film, in fact, where I'm- There's, there's a bunch where I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm kind of neutral on that. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I didn't, I didn't hate it. Yeah, like it's funny. Uh, so, like I said, I saw this in like the fancy cinema. Exactly an hour in, I started to hear snoring, and I looked down, and this guy at the front had literally fallen asleep and was snoring. And I was like, you know what? I actually can't blame you right now. Well, they are comfy chairs in there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they are. Uh, well, speaking of not loving certain actors in this, I don't know about you, I felt like Michael Douglas phoned in this performance from the next time zone. I mean, when was the last time he didn't phone in a performance? Spartacus. No, right. <laughs> Wrong Douglas. <laughs> they look the same. <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually not, I'm not a massive Michael Douglas fan. Me neither. I, like, I think back to 90s Douglas, uh, the game is a great movie. Yeah, the game the game would certainly be my favorite. Yeah, Michael and Falling Down, which came out around the same time, is another fantastic film. And that to me is kind of peak Douglas. And from there, I just don't really. You know, I've never get seen it. Wall Street. Me neither. Yeah, yeah, because it's Michael Douglas. I'm just like, <laughs> eh. Wait, and Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? And the man? new one, a Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Lurking in the shadows. <laughs> All right, so back to the movie. <laughs> so I guess we've probably given away our scores. I'm going with a six for this. How are you feeling about it? Four. Four. Yep, so we're either side of average. Yeah. 
I was very close to giving it a five, but there were enough things I enjoyed about it that it just ticked over above average for me. Yeah. So a four for me is like, it's. I don't think it's a waste of money. Yeah. For a bit of entertainment, it does its job, but I couldn't say I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, would is it a recommend from you? If you are a fan of MCU films. Yep. That's, see it. that's how I'm about it too. I would not say to someone, yeah, you have to go see this. If you like the MCU, if you've seen a bunch of them, go for it. And if you're just like, I don't mind the MCU, but I don't need to desperately see all of them, you don't need to see this film. I'd skip this one entirely. It It's it's not like this is going to really have much to do with the overarching story. No, unless, in, unless Avengers 4, it's just all on Ant-Man. <laughs> how do we beat Thanos? I don't know, someone get into his quantum (laughs) spine and break it. Get inside the old glove. That could Uh, actually work. There you go. Spoilers, Billy. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) See, and then, of course, because the the post-credit scene in Ant-Man takes place simultaneously with Purple Cable snapping his fingers. And apparently, as they're standing around in that post-credit scene, they're oblivious to the fact that Thanos has been to Earth and has been wrecking shop. Yeah, apparently they've got no idea. They're just like, okay, you know, okay, that's a thing, but we're just going to conduct a science experiment. Yeah, that to me didn't make a bunch of sense. Really, guys? (laughs) What was the explanation in Infinity War for Ant-Man not being there again? Was it because he was on house arrest? I don't know. I don't recall. All I know is it was a very, very thin explanation. Yeah, they just- Because it was it was him and Hawkeye that were just explained away at the same yeah. time, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Hawkeye was, what, like, spending family time? Yeah, I think so. Well, they probably all got snapped the away The worst anyway. thing you can do in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, mate, I have an update for you on something. Last week, you might remember, I don't know, you're, you're often very drunk, so your memory's not good. Uh, we recorded a bonus episode for the Patreon on movies that have made us cry. Yeah. And you tried to call me a little girl for crying in Braveheart. No, I didn't. I said I'm genuinely interested to find out whether it's a thing or not. Well, so I put out a poll on them Twitters. Yep. Uh, Last I heard, most people had not cried. But that was early doors. That was a small sample. In the end, we got 77 votes. I said I would put it up for like 10 days, but I stupidly forgot to change the default. So it was only up for like 20 hours or something. 64% were on your side. (laughs) Okay, but okay, so... Not bad. 36% said that they cried. Yeah. Definitely. So, close enough to one in three people cry in Braveheart. Yeah, so I don't think it's unreasonable to cry in Braveheart. Certainly not. I wasn't, like, I wasn't shocked. Th- oh, okay, maybe I was a little shocked that you did. But I, I, I didn't think it was like, it's not, it's not like someone saying, I cried in Mad Max. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just so beautiful. <laughs> He's got to cut his leg off. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was surprised, but I'll, I'm not shocked. So one in three actually to me sounds about right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I am surprised. Okay, I'm more surprised that there's two places where you said that. Like people crying at the end at the big emotional finale, I understand. Crying at the brutal murder of his wife. Yeah. That surprised me. Yeah, so on Twitter, there were quite a few people who said that that was the point they cried. Right. At his wife, not at the end. Okay. Most people said that they- This I found weird. Most people said they found the end uplifting in a weird kind of way. Yeah. And so, because of that, they didn't cry, but they did cry when his wife gets murdered. That's how emotionally- Unevolved, I am. <laughs> Your finger's not exactly on the pulse of the crying population. Far from it. <laughs> so, what are we getting to next week, buddy? Next week? Am I right this time? <laughs> I don't know. Let's hear what you're about to say. We keep changing the schedule. <laughs> we, in we my have, defense, we have had a couple of schedule changes lately. Okay, so am I right in thinking it has changed? Well, and so it's not what 
I have previously said it would be. That's right. It's not what you said. All right. It would so be. we're on to we're on to a, a Patreon. Yes, request. we are. Our first request from our Patreon, which is Child's Play, 1988's Child's Play, <laughs> better known as Chucky. <laughs> yep, that's right. And then the week after that, we will get the skyscraper, the which rock, I'm still the rock very excited about. <laughs> Should be amazing. <laughs> Very excited for that. <laughs> so if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or at wewatchthething at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support us, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff at wewatchthething. And please tell a friend about the show. Tell them to tell three friends and then get them to tell three friends and them. It's not a pyramid scheme. It just really helps us out. <laughs> Catches. Happy movie watching, everyone. Welcome to Boozy Movies, movie reviews with a little booze. Each week, we get inebriated and opinionated, taking shots at one film, both literally and figuratively. Listen to Boozy Movies at boozymovies.com, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. And don't forget to join the conversation in our Facebook group, Boozy Movies Drinking Buddies. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Boozy Movies Pod. Should I take my gum out? I think you probably should. <laughs> should I like stick you it behind a, my ear? Well, it depends on whether you just want to do away with it or just. But you need you need you can't open the bin without pressing the the oh, foot really? button. Yeah, you need Is the that foot like button. A safety lock. <laughs> no, it's so you don't have to touch the bin <coughs> like an animal. Oh, yeah, we still got to stand up, walk over to it like an animal. Jeez, just shit to get a bin. <laughs>